Why at this late date are the heads of social media platforms still denying their platform's roles in causing the teen mental health crisis? This week, Meta's Mark Zuckerberg was one of five tech leaders to testify at a Senate hearing about the protection of children from online sexual exploitation. In a dramatic moment, Zuckerberg turned to face and apologized to dozens of parents holding up photos of their teens whose deaths they blamed on social media. But in a prepared statement, he still maintained that his platforms, Facebook and Instagram, did not bear any direct responsibility. With so much of our lives spent on mobile devices and social media, it's important to look into the effects on teen mental health and well-being. I take this very seriously. Mental health is a complex issue, and the existing body of scientific work has not shown a causal link between using social media and young people having worse mental health outcomes. In response, GOP Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri quoted the company's own in-house study that had been leaked by whistleblower Francis Haugen to the Wall Street Journal, but Zuckerberg didn't budge from his position. Here's a quote from your own study. Quote, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. Here's another quote. Teens blamed Instagram, this is your study, for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression. This reaction was unprompted and consistent across all groups. That's your study. Senator, we try to under, understand the, uh, the feedback and, and how people feel about the services. We can improve Wait a minute. Your, own, da- your are- own study says that you make life worse for one in three teenage girls. You increase no, Senator, anxiety and depression. Says. That's what it says. And you're here testifying to us in public that there's no link. You've been doing this for years. Full speed ahead. While internally, you know full well your product is a disaster for teenagers. Jean Twangy joins me now. She's the author of iGen and Generations and a professor of psychology at San Diego State University. Dr. Twangy, great to have you back. I remember when we first spoke, when iGen came out in 2017, we had the dialogue on my radio show and here. Then you were hesitant to use the word causation. You spoke more in terms of correlation. What has changed since your book came out? Yeah, so that was in 2017, and since then, we have seen a lot more studies. So Zuckerberg's statement about not knowing about causation is simply wrong at this point. There are many studies showing that there is a causal link. So these are done like drug trials. There's a treatment group and a control group, and it's random who ends up in which one. And a treatment group, you give up social media or cut back on social media versus the control group continuing normal use. And those who have cut back or given up social media after two or three weeks are happier and less depressed. And there's also specific studies on Instagram. You show teen girls and young women those perfect bodies on Instagram, the influencers, and they have worse body image after seeing that compared to a control group. You're part of a very important collaboration. I'm going to put it on the screen and, and have you explain what this is. Yourself, it's Jonathan Haidt. By the way, I finished last night his new forthcoming book directly on this subject. It's tremendous. And Zach Rausch. What is it that the three of you have done? What am I showing the world now in this collaborative Google Doc? Yeah, so a few years ago, we put our heads together and decided, you know, we need to compile 
all the research in this area, that experimental research I mentioned, as well as the correlational research where tens of thousands of teens in many countries know that the more hours a day a teen spends on social media, the more likely it is that they're going to be depressed. Um, there's also longitudinal studies there following people over time. Uh, plus, we have another Google Doc on the teen mental health crisis that, for example, teen depression doubled between 2011 and 2019. So it's not due to the pandemic. This increase started eight years before the pandemic, probably not a coincidence, right at the time that social media started to become much more commonly used among teens. Also around the time Facebook bought Instagram and smartphones started to have front-facing cameras. So these image-based sites became so much more popular. You know that some say, hey, it's COVID, it's the economy, it's climate change, it's school shootings. So you, Dr. Twangy, a year ago published, I'll put this up on the screen, you, you published an analysis of 13 other possible explanations. And then with data, you ruled them all out, although there's one that's tantalizing. Uh, that's alternative number six. I'm putting that up on the screen right now. That's the, it's because children and teens have less independence. Of the 13 that get bandied about, this one you thought might have some merit. And I guess you actually read these together. A different parenting style and the age of technology. Explain. Yeah, and first I, I, I want to point out that one reason a lot of those other 12 explanations fail is that they're focused just on the U.S., things like, you know, the political climate or school shootings. But it turns out that that increase in depression and loneliness among teens is worldwide. It shows up in international data, country after country. Very little happens until 2012, and then depression and anxiety and loneliness go through the roof. So that explanation around independence, it's true that teens now, compared to previous generations, are less likely to get their driver's license by the end of high school. They're less likely to date. They're less likely to have a paid job. They go out without their parents a lot less than previous generations did when they were in high school. This is how Gen Z lives. And it's not just about a parenting style. This is a huge cultural trend across all ages that we just simply take longer to grow up and longer to grow old. It's called this uh, slow okay. life strategy. So take my, final, yeah. take my final 30 seconds, go back to where we began. Why doesn't Zuckerberg get it? Surely he knows your book. Your book's the mm -hmm. seminal book on the subject. Mm -hmm. Surely he has seen what you and, and Height have put together and the Google Doc and the collaboration. Why, why does he stand that ground? Because this is their business. This is how they make money. If they decided, if Zuckerberg decided, okay, I want to keep kids safe. We're going to raise the minimum age for being on Instagram to 16 and actually verify age. They know what will happen. All of their young users will go to TikTok and other platforms. And they make an enormous amount of money off of teens, even off of the 12 and under kids who aren't supposed to be on there at all under the law. They are making money on our kids' time and attention and on the backs of their mental health. Thank you, Dr. Twangy. Thank you.
Social media reaction. That sounds odd to this conversation. Let's see what the world of Twitter has said. No, I question the parents. Why did you let them watch or use social media in the first place? Okay, Magna, let me respond to that. Sorry, but it was your child. Because, how do I say this in, in, a, in a short time period, and having just finished Jonathan's book last night, because if you are the parent who says, I'm not going to allow my son or my daughter to have access to social media, you've now made them the social outcast, right? Because not all parents are going to be able to do that, and consequently, the few who do aren't going to be socially interacting behind closed doors with their thumbs with the other kids, because that's how prevalent it has become. So you can't just say, oh, it's, it's the parents. It's not just the parents, because the parents who try to do what you've advocated are going to ostracize their own kids socially.